It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome to Wednesday Night Flex, a weekly look at high school sports in the ATX. Go to flxatx.com and follow at FlexATX on social media. And now, here's Zach Lucero, Cameron Parker, and the Flex family. Wednesday Night Flex on the Horn. Flex, ATX, it's Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. You know the vibes. We're here to talk high school sports all around the 512. What high school sports that are left to talk about, that is. I mean, it's, it's the offseason now. We got Corey Mose in here. He, he have to, this is like a, his chill period. Yeah, you have to run to like the high school sports season. every game. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of weird. This is when you do your training, right? This is like when you, when you work on like yeah, holding exactly. a camera and <laughs> exactly. running up and down the sideline, do your training. But you heard the intro, Zach Lucero, Cameron Parker, and the Flex family. We got all the boys here today, including Mr. Nolan Hogan. What up? And you already heard from him before I gave him the intro. Mr. Corey Mose, KVU Corey. How's it going, Corey? Uh, it's sensational. You know what I'm saying? Having a great day. Love to see the packed house tonight, man. We got the packed house because, you know, we got some of them Westlake boys in the building. But we'll get to them here in a minute after we talk to their head coach at around 710. But as the intro said, behind the glass, we have the voice of everything but Texas Longhorns Athletics, Mr. Cameron Parker. What up, guys? How was, uh, what is, is this your off season too? Cause you're, I mean, I was actually thinking about that when we were out there. Cause like, there's nothing for you to call really right now. Pretty I mean, much. Even uh, college sports is nothing for you to call. I think I'm in the same place as Corey where we just like go over, um, our demo reels. Right. And we just continue yeah. the work and go through all of our old crap and just try and piece together the, uh, the best stuff from it. So, but yeah, it is off season and I'm excited for it. A little vacation coming up and we only have like three shows left before uh football season kicks in the gear. Yep, we've got 7-on-7 seven seven winding down, uh, State coming up in 7-on-7, seven seven, and, and, and we're talking about uh, Corey doing his sideline training, mm-hmm. uh, climbing up the stairs like he's at Austin FC, and then uh, when, when Nolan Hogan walked in with the Westlake boys, Cameron Parker was like giving play-by-play. That's how he has to practice for, for his offseason, just giving play-by-play of random things. Uh, but, but Cameron, I mean, as this season winds down and, and finally ends for you in terms of play-by-play, I mean, you had, you had some pretty memorable moments. I mean... Um, you didn't get to do any games that we had. We had LBJ on the on on the on the uh, on the station that's near and dear to your heart. You got to call McNeil. You got to call some big time games. Me and you called volleyball games together. Um, you were the the voice of the Round Rock Dragons on the baseball side of things. Um, when, when you think back to your 2022 2023 season in terms of all the stuff you did, um, what was it about this year that that was different? I mean, there was a lot of different opportunities than you've had last year. Yeah, and it was a great, it was a really fun season, I think, all around. And one thing that sticks out to me, um, well, there, there's two, there's two different one, football and baseball. Baseball, the Ron Rock Westlake series that we were talking about before, um, some of the guys. So we'll get to here in a second. But then also, a game that you were at Zach was Vandergrift and Katie. Um, I was on the color broadcast for for Texan Live for that game, 
and just to see something that Fandergrift had never done before against the KD program that had Seth Davis, who was, you know, he set many, many rushing records. So to be a part of that, be a part of history, I think was exciting. And that's what we love to do, right, with this show is just kind of, you know, touch on the greatness and, and all the, the marks that some of these kids make because, um, you know, it's just like professional sports where these guys come out and this is what their job is, right? Every day they work and hone on their craft and it's fun to be a part of it and get to watch and spectate and, and commentate from the outside. Yeah, and it's super cool, like, listening to your broadcast and, like, seeing how you've uh, progressed as, as a voice of these different sports and seeing, like, like your bag is so deep. You're calling you're calling a volleyball game. You're calling the football game the day before. You're the voice of the Round Rock Dragons. And then you're, like, calling, swimming, and diving, which you can't even see them half the time because they're underwater. So, like, that's, like, a very – That was uh, very interesting. That's, that a, that's, a, that's a very learned skill for sure. But same question to you, Corey. I mean – because you just finished not only your high school stuff, but your, your yeah. college athletics as well. Texas. Well, how? What do you mean when you think back to this season? What are some highlights for you? Uh, definitely the Red River Shootout Showdown, whatever they call it now. It's not I think a the rivalry. PC one is Showdown. I think. Yeah, PC. Okay, yeah. cool, 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 cool. So yeah, just going to the Cotton Bowl for the first time ever. You know, I actually went to school in Arlington, but I never went to the fair. I've never been to the state fair, so that was my first time going to the state fair, was covering the Texas OU game. Uh, and then Austin FC's run last year. I know they're in the season now, but last year they made it all the way to the semifinals. Yeah. We went out to L.A., covered that, and that was cool, super dope. But in high school, the the Wimberley run was crazy to yeah. me because it's like it reminded me a lot of where I used to work at in West Texas, small town. You know, everyone's behind this, the school and the football team, and they all come out. The whole city shuts down, and you go support the Texans, and that was real cool to see them go to state. I mean, everybody loves Corey Mose, but I mean, th- those small schools, like something hits different. Like when you show those, when you show those those guys love, they give it back to you tenfold for mm-hmm. sure. Um, one more thing, I wanted to get your insight on Cameron as we kind of get to some of the, uh, the the interesting topics that happened uh, over the last week. Uh, something I saw on my timeline uh, was your boy Latrell McCutcheon in the transfer portal again. Um, was that while you were at LBJ? Was his run, or was that a year after when you were doing the LBJ games? Uh, it was a year after. So Latrell and Andrew Makuba, of course, who's at Clemson, right? The younger brothers, Trey, Trey McCutcheon, and then Fatu, who was just a sophomore and I was there. So they were both – Latrell was at OU because the year before was when they lost um, off that field goal in the state semifinal uh, the year before. And then the next year they came back and lost to Stephenville in the state championship. But, yeah, Latrell uh, back in the portal. He went to USC, followed Lincoln Riley after Riley went from OU to USC and. Uh, I guess uh, him and Alex Grinch just not getting along. Maybe he wants to come back home. I've heard, you know, maybe Texas State potentially, but uh, I think Latrell just wants to come back a little bit closer to the home, right? Trey Trey at one point was committed to Minnesota, and I think he pulled back on that. Is he going to Vanderbilt? I think Nebraska. Nebraska. Yeah, Nebraska. Okay. So, so yeah, probably wants to come a little bit closer to the home. But uh, he, you know, he was a, a four-star kid coming out of. Coming out of LBJ, he's a really explosive player. And, and it's pretty interesting how all that panned out because he was the highest-rated guy. He was, like, the guy in terms of, like, all of the recruiting rankings and stuff like that. And then um, you you have Andrew Makuba that's all-world yeah. at Clemson right now. Yeah, he was the first freshman to be named to the um, all-ACC all team in Clemson history. First and then, one, and then one thing that was interesting that I, that I when I was talking to Heath McCree um, when, I was, when, we were, when I was walking him out after, after last week's show – um, he was talking about his brother and how he loves it at USC, and uh, but like you never know how these things work with the transfer portal and uh, opportunities to play. And then he, his brother didn't have the season I thought he was going to have, but he's really he, he's really high hopes for this for this 2023 season. 
but he was like something that with the transfer portal that's always available down the line is is if I land at a big time at a power five school and things don't work out for my brother, my brother has said like that's I would I would explore that trying to transfer to the school that you're at. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty interesting timing that as Trey Trey McCutcheon is heading to off to, to his first year of college that that Latrell that uh that Latrell McCutcheon is, is heading into the portal. So maybe we see those two uh link up. Uh but one thing I wanted to add, I wanted to bring you in, Nolan, another interesting note. Um, this week marks the week that Will Hammond is heading off to the Elite 11 Finals. Uh, I mean, just a guy that, that we've kind of highlighted for a really long time, being a, a, a big-time talent and, at Hutto, and we've seen it we've seen it in 7-on-7, seven seven, and he was like hanging around the team even when he wasn't the starter, and even when he was sharing snaps, you would have never have guessed from his talent and how, how, how like locked in he was to the team. Um, but what can you say about Will Hammond? And then how would you kind of compare him to the last big-time quarterback that we had come through the area, which was Austin Novosad, who also went to lead 11 and balled out? Um, I think, yeah, like the growth that we've seen from him in the last year and a half to two years has just been exponential. Uh, I mean, he's going to the lead 11 finals after sharing snaps at the state state tournament two years ago. So um, just seeing him grow, like physically and uh, figuratively, like he's bigger than he was at the beginning of last year. Um, watched him play against San Marcos through some great balls. And, I mean, now to compare him to Austin Novosad, I think the biggest comparison would just be his character and the way he carries himself off on and off the field. They they just Both of those guys just seem level-headed no matter what the scenario is. And uh, for that, I think that, that really translates to the next level. Yeah, and I, I think the thing that I would compare them, like the differences between the two, I mean, they're both, like like you said, very stand-up guys. Um, I, I think Will Hammond has gotten physically really big. Like mm-hmm. he looks like a Division One quarterback. And when Austin was coming out, like when Austin was coming out, he, you were like, man, once they put weight on him, he's gonna be, he's gonna be a good looking player. But Will looks like that right now. And then I think Will is kind of like more of like a rocket arm gunslinger yeah. than than Austin Novosad uh, was coming out of high school. Really quick before we get to our uh, our head coach guest Corey. Your your thoughts between the two guys? I mean, those, the, since you've been here, you've had two big time oh, yeah. quarterbacks come through, but Will Hammond and Austin Novoselic. Yeah, I think Nolan hit it right on the head when it comes to their character. Uh, I've watched both of their games in person, and when they're on the sidelines, whether it's after an interception or a turnover, just cool, calm, and collected. You know, not freaking out. Always just getting everybody involved, talking to them, making sure everything's okay. And they're not also big raw raw guys either. So it's just like even kill steady and always know what the purpose and the mission is to to win the game and also also with the um, with will one thing that stood out to me when i watched their game he he gets down and dirty man he be running people over and he, he doesn't he doesn't mind tucking it and running it and that surprised me i thought he was more of like a pocket passer but like you said he's a gunslinger and when he gets out the pocket he can really run it too so be looking out for that next year yeah, speaking of programs to be on the lookout for and, and just kind of all around, guys, we have the head coach of the Westlake baseball team, the Westlake Shaps, Coach JT Blair. Coach, thank you for joining the show. I appreciate you guys having me. Hey, Coach, I know you've been on just about every show we have here on 104.9 The Horn, so we figured we'd, we'd actually have, we'd have you on the actual high school show now. But, but Coach, we were kind of reminiscing on, on the end of the high school sports season um, but for you, when, when you think back to this 2022-2023 season, um, what will you remember about this year, Coach? You know, I remember the long spring. You know, I mean, we're playing, we're playing 15, 16 games in the, in the fall with football, and we're making that run right at Westlake. And then here we get into the spring, 
and we played till till June the June the ninth in the spring. So, you know, you're talking about two full semesters of you know going as far as you can and, and deep playoff runs. I think that's what sticks out to me the most is, is is having those deep playoff runs and what a great experience it is. And then, Coach, another thing that, that we were kind of talking about as we were talking about these quarterbacks is just kind of the grind that they have to go through to get to where they're at. And, and, and Coach, as you were talking, that reminded me when I was playing high school baseball, and I remember those those early scrimmages at the beginning of the season, we played like 16 innings in a day at, at Leander. And, and Coach, how, how important oh, – I mean, yeah. it, it's a grind for the, for you. It's a grind for the kids. It's a grind for, for the parents having to sit through all those innings. But but what do you get out of, out, of, out of that time, those tournaments, those scrimmages, before you get into district play? You know, it's just the time – you know, it's always cold too, right? Right. I, mean, I don't know if you remember those. I mean, but it's 39 degrees outside. You're playing 16 innings or whatever. I mean – it's a marathon, and um, but you know it's so necessary that early in the season to get everybody those abs and get all your pitchers some work and just see what you got, you know. And I think that's what's important right there, Coach. I, I remember you, you talk about how cold it was. I remember when that 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 scrimmage that I'm thinking of in my head. We had a pitcher that ended up ended up in the Marlins organization, but he just did not have it that day. It had rained like like icy rain the night before and the field was all wet and he kept asking for a new ball and the leander dugout kept yelling it's not the ball it's not the ball um so i mean you know all about the smack talk that there is in in, in high school baseball but coach i want to go ahead and get into the run that you guys went on um and we're talking about we're talking about football we're talking about the grind of the scrimmages when was it that you knew that you had something special in, in this group of guys this year we played a rock wall early on in a tournament game, and they came down to, to our place, and um, they're a highly touted ranked, just, just like we, we were at the time. And um, we got in there, and uh, we got down four runs pretty early, and we kind of uh, clawed our way back, scratched our way back, and then all of a sudden we put up like a sixth spot in like the fifth inning. And then in the sixth inning, we put up like a seventh spot. You know, and at, at that point, and then we ended up winning that game 14 to four. But at that point, I was like, you know what, we're pretty good. You know, I, I think we, we have a shot. I, I distinctly remember like I had a camp scheduled for the end of the year. And at that point in time, I remember moving that camp. <laughs> like, I need to move this camp after the state tournament, you know? So we did. And, uh, you know, that's, I, I knew right then we were going to be pretty good. You did what uh, Indiana State should have done with the Super Regionals. Go went ahead and cleared their schedule on the on the back end, um, Coach. One thing I wanted to ask you that we had the Georgetown head coach on the other a uh, couple shows ago and asked him this question: um, When when I was playing, Coach, you would see a team that had one or two Division One guys, one 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 big time arm that would kind of carry them through the season. But now you you see programs like Round Rock, you see programs like yourself, um, in the programs that you that you go and meet later in the in the high school baseball playoffs that have division one staffs and and that's what you need nowadays is, is having that depth and, and that bunch of guys that are going to play at the next level and have the te- that type of talent how have you seen the game in, in terms of texas high school baseball especially in the austin area how have you seen the game kind of grow to where we are today you know i remember um back 20 years ago you had a you had a two d1 arms maybe one d1 arm you flip him the ball and, and then you say, go get them, right? Well, we were really a staff this year where we had six guys. And on any given night, it was a, a three-pitcher game, right? We had an opener. 
We had a guy in the middle, and then we had a guy come in and close. And that's kind of the way the, the game's evolved now. You know, it's not, we're, we're not uh, to the point now where we're, we're throwing pitchers, 110 pitches every night. You know, you're, you're trying to save arms for a deep run in the playoffs. You're trying not to wear guys down. And I, and I think that's, that's how the, the game, what the game has moved to now. So, that's really, it's been good for us. If you have, if you have those kind of arms, you know, we, had, we, had, we really had eight or nine guys that we could go to. And, um, you know, we, we, we worked really hard developing that kind of depth. And um, when you have that kind of depth, you can, you can make deep runs. Talking with Westlake Chaps head baseball coach, JT Player. Coach, I mean, looking back at this playoff run, you've you played some nasty teams. You had Round Rock in early on in the playoffs. You had San Antonio Johnson, Paraline. You played a handful of top 10 teams before you even got to the state tournament. Have you had a chance to reflect on that and reflect on your 41 season? You know, <clears throat> going back to even the district season, the last seven series we played – we're all playoff teams, right? So we, we played Bowie, who, who had a good run themselves. And then we played Johnson the last series uh, of our district season. And then we got into the playoffs, and we, had, we got Vandegriff and then Brandeis and then Round Rock with, with the great arms they had. And, um, you know, look, it, it wasn't just the playoffs, run; right? It was the, the end of district, too, that, that kind of carried us into that. And coach, you, you saw on the football side, we, we had Vandergriff play Dripping Springs late in the playoffs, and that, that was like a huge game for for the five one two for the area. You saw it in basketball this year uh, with, with uh, Buta Johnson and Stony Point playing, and how they packed that gym out. Coach, the scenes from you guys' series against Round Rock um, it w- was just awesome. I mean, it was something that people across the state, across the nation, that are that are high school baseball fans and baseball fans in general were just kind of um, googly eyed over. But but coach, in your opinion. How important is a series like that, a game like that? Um, how, how important is that just for growing the game and, and, and growing the people wanting to play high school baseball here in Austin? You know, um, there was talk about playing all three games neutral, and that was something that I didn't want to do. I wanted to, I wanted to have a home game. I wanted to play in Westlake. I wanted to, to go to Round Rock and experience what that was like at Round Rock, too. And, um, you know, I was willing to flip a quarter to do that, so we did. But um, – you know what a great experience it was—the electricity in the air—and you, you saw the, the 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 pictures and the video from that. I mean, it was just unbelievable. And and then um, you know you go from that into uh, playing Johnson later on, where the the crowds were even bigger. You know, I mean, it was just it was just the electricity in 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 Westlake. The, the electricity in the seven four six was overflowing, and it was great. It was a great scene. Coach, when we talked before the Round Rock series, you mentioned that you've been building this roster for about two years since COVID. I think you had 23 seniors on this year's squad, Aiden Bennett and Ben Longoria, two of those. So we'll get to here in just a moment. But with those 23 guys, um, what's next, you think, for the Centex area? Because Round Rock, you know, also losing Travis Sikora. They're bringing back Hudson Ellis. But the area, in terms of talent, is just getting better and better what do you see happening the next few years for the Centex area and for your program at Westlake Nation? You know, I, I kind of feel like I'm, I'm, a, I'm a DFW guy, uh, you know, first and foremost. So when I came to Austin, I really kind of feel like, felt like we were a, a little bit behind, right, behind, behind DFW and Houston. But I've seen the, the game grow here. I've seen uh, the player development grow here. And 
the obviously the, uh, the the summer select stuff has grown here. It's just taken off to to another level, and that's that's given uh, us like uh, programs like Georgetown and Ralph and Vista Ridge and Vandergriff and of course like Lake Travis and Dripping Springs. I mean, you're you're seeing all of these programs prosper because of the player development that's happening um, throughout the year. You mentioned that Nate Duvall had been one of your MVPs this season, but pitching wise, especially in the playoffs, you know, I saw it firsthand with, with Jack Brady and Chance Cover. It felt like every time they were on the mound last couple series that they were basically unhittable. What did you see from them, how they progressed on the mound the last couple playoff series? You know, what you saw them doing is being able to throw multiple pitches for strikes, right? So I think it was about the command of the off-beat stuff. It wasn't just all about the fastball, right? Uh, because we didn't have anybody that was just going to blow you away with the fastball. But what we did have was guys that could throw three or four pitches for strikes in any given count, and that's what made us successful. And they did a great job doing that. it. When Jack Brady has the slider and the curveball going, and he can throw it anytime he wants, he's not, you're not going to hit him, right? Or you're, or, or, and if you play just a little bit of defense behind Chance, and when, when Chance is keeping the ball down, and, and, and spotting his uh, curveball and his slider and his changeup, then that's what that's that's key right there, right? So when they can throw their secondary stuff for strikes, that's when you're getting out. We're talking to the Westlake Shaps head baseball coach, J.T. Blair. Hey, Coach. Corey Mose from KV here. Nice to hear your voice again. Uh, just wanted to ask you, after that last game, congratulations on a great season. What was kind of the message to your squad? You know, look. I felt like, hey, my message first and foremost was, hey, hats off to Pearland. It was their night, right? And uh, I don't want to take anything away from them. And uh, they hit everything we, we really threw up there. And, shoot, man, and, you know, give them all the credit. But the, the takeaway was that how many games we have won and how many, how many series we have played to get to that point and – you know, just how proud of, of our guys that I was, that they, they bought in, that they, uh, you know, they, they didn't pack it in. They weren't ready to go off to college. And, you know, with 23 seniors, you know, you're worried about them all like, okay, here we are. Let's go to college now, right? And then, because that happens sometimes when you're making these deep runs. You know, we played three weeks after graduation, you know. So a lot of times you're – but our guys, they stuck to it. And um, I was really proud of the, of the grind that they went through and, and just all the things that we achieved. Coach, we've got two of your boys here in studio, Aiden Bennett and Ben Longoria, and we, we told them to come up with a question, so they've been scheming it up, so hopefully it's good. Um, the last one for me, Coach, so, so one of my high school coaches my, my senior year was, uh, was, was Coach Daryl Reeves, who's over at Cedar Ridge now. And I remember yeah, one time oh, yeah. du- during the warm-ups, he was telling me, he was like, hey, you know what, nobody knows this, but – this is at Hendrickson. He's like, nobody knows this, but I'm the best football mind at this place. And now he's the uh, over, over there coaching the offense at Cedar Ridge and coaching baseball as well. Uh, but, Coach, what do you like a, as a football coach? You know, when I, I came in with Coach Dodge, and I was kind of his underling the, the, the first year or two, and we had Sam Ellinger, and I like the toughness that it brings, those, the toughness that it brings those guys, right? So I've always liked it when – you have a good mix of football players that play baseball, 
because they bring a little bit different level of toughness, right? And um, I learned a lot under Coach Dodge. I got to, I've got to uh, be right there with Sam Ellinger every step of the way through his graduation. And then, of course, when, when Club Nick and those guys came in. And, and um, you know, it's, it's been a, a, great, a great run in, in both sports. And I'm, I'm really proud of, of all the things that we've achieved in, in, in both the, the fall and the spring. All right, Coach, I'm going to pass it off to your boys for the hard hitter. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, what's up, Coach? Hey, guys. Y'all doing all right? Yes, sir. How are you? Y'all been missing me? <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> um, as a team, what do you think our best win was this season? Oh, I like the rock wall win. That was a good one. But then I'll, when we went to Lake Travis and beat Lake Travis over there at their place, that was a big one, too. So, um, you know, a, a few of them stand out. The, the the second game, the clincher against Johnson was a was a big one. But, mm-hmm. you know, really early on, di- different phases of the season, right? Early on in the tournaments, the Rockwall was a big one. Then we got into district play. The Lake Travis games were big ones. And then, of course, like I love the play at the plate when Ben, when ben tagged the, the guy out to end the series. And then, of course, Ben has all the emotion, and you get that you get that great picture that's that that everybody's seeing now. Hey, what's up, Coach Blair? Is that Aiden? That's me. <laughs> well, what's up, AB? You doing uh, all right? I'm doing good. I was just uh, curious. Um, what are you most like excited for for next year's team, and what do you think that the returning uh, players uh, bring to the table? You know, I always like it when. You're you're rolling into a new, a new kind of a new era with players, and you're you're seeing these younger guys develop and grow, and you know I'm always like really curious and just to, to see who emerges. Right, that's what you want to see is who are, who's the next group of guys that's going to emerge and take the reins. And I'll tell you what, y'all did a great job training them and and teaching them and leading those guys. So I'm not, I'm not worried about it at all. And, and that's, that's all the credit to you guys, but you two right there. And, and I'm really proud of y'all for doing that. All right, coach, I guess you guys are maybe doing like media training instead of study hall for, cause, cause for two guys that never been on the radio before, that wasn't that bad. <laughs> that's not bad. Hey, Hey, good Westlake boys, man. Good <laughs> and, Westlake kids. And, and I promise Ben didn't laugh when he said he missed you. I promise. I promise that was sincere. <laughs> All right, Westlake head baseball coach, JT Blair. Coach, thank you so much for your time. Before we let you go, who do you want to shout out to? Oh, man, shout out to the 2023 Westlake Chaps. I'm proud of you guys. Go Chaps. All right, Coach, thank you again, Coach. Thanks, Coach. Thanks, guys. All right, that was Westlake head baseball coach, JT Blair, getting grilled by his own players. That's like a Super Bowl media day type stuff that you see. Um, maybe they didn't grill him like that that much, but like that's that's kind of yeah, on par, exactly. right, Corey? That was great questions, by the way, guys. I don't know if you're doing journalism at all in school or not, but maybe that's the right. It only took like 45 minutes to come up with the questions, <laughs> but they, it, it was pretty good. But we will dive in to Aiden Bennett and Ben Longoria when we come back.
Flex, ATX, 7.30 p.m. Big shout out, big, big thank you to uh, Westlake Shaps head baseball coach JT Blair. He's been on Rod and Mike's show like seven times. So I, so I hope he like liked, I hope he did a good job with our interview. I hope he like spiced it up a little bit, you know? Yeah, you did great, man. I mean, uh, you dress up for a phone interview. So, I mean, that's <laughs> that's different. We got, we got KB Corey with the loafs, the, the full suit on. Is this the prom suit? This is not the prom not suit. The prom suit. Yeah. Hey, I'm glad you remembered that. We got we only got a couple more weeks to, to, to figure out what the prom mm-hmm. suit was. Mystery. Nolan Hogan in the building. What up? Cameron Parker. Great questions and thank you for facilitating that interview, Cameron. I wanted to tell Coach that like if he ever retires from Westlake baseball, I mean he has a career in radio. I mean is he is he always that fired up? Yes. Like Aiden and Ben, like he's like is he just like eight AM practice just already yelling in your face? Okay. Sitting across from us. Good coach. Good coach. You heard him in the interview. You heard him there talking to Cameron. We have two uh, big-time contributors to the run that the Westlake Shaps went on, Mr. Aiden Bennett and Ben Longoria. Guys, thank you for for pulling up on us. Thank you for having having us. us. And and thank you for for doing the interview with the coach. We've we've actually had like, like once or twice other times that we've had players and their coach come on, and we've said, like, hey, do you want to ask a question? And they're like, no. But maybe that's like the football coach thing that they're like, Maybe like more scary of the football yeah. coach than than the baseball coach, but but you guys did a good job. Um, what so like like Cameron said, is is he always like that? And what what is it like playing for for JT Blair? You know, after uh, after playing for him for three years, I mean, you get to know him pretty well, and he's always very high energy guy. He's always about the team, and he always fires everybody up. And then, and then Ben, I, I feel like listening listening to him on like uh, on on on, on Live with with uh, with Harge and Rod, I feel like he's very like quotable. Like oh, he talks definitely. in like in like stuff that you could like write down and remember forever. Like is he does it seem like that as a player too? Yes, sir. We got we have so many things and bits and pieces of words that he said we'll never forget because yeah, you know, he's just it's a funny way of talking and it's uh yeah it's a pretty memorable guy. How much of it can you not repeat on the air? Good enough. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, where did where did burn the boats come from? Because the discussion I had for the the Round Rock series was I saw y'all wearing the warm up shirts and I was trying to figure out you know what what does burn the boats mean? And I understand it, but can you guys explain like what it means to you in in the program? Um, so we got introduced to it uh, the away game versus Lake Travis. Uh, coach McGee, our new coach this year, took us out to the outfield and he told us you know boys, we won last night. It was a great W, but. Um, Today, let's go out, do it again, burn the boats. We're, we're not in our familiar house tonight, so let's take everything we have and leave nothing behind. And were you like, what boats? Or did you like understand the metaphorical sense of it? Yes, sir. He gave us the story okay. about the Vikings and got us pretty fired up. Mm. Mm. But have, I mean, y'all play for Westlake, so half the dudes are like, Coach, I don't want to burn my boat. I love my boat. <laughs> we got a lot of nice it's, it's boats. boat season. Yeah, what are you like, talking coach, about? Coach, it's the summer. I just graduated. I'm not burning no boat. I'm trying to be out on the boat. Um, but, I mean, some of the questions that, that, that we asked uh, that we asked Coach, I mean, you guys' run was, was historic for Westlake, and, and, and it was so fun. And, and I feel like we, we were really lucky, like, as a city to have – like a team that went on this crazy run for for every major sport. I mean, watching Vandergrift do what they did in football, watching watching Stony Point do what they did in basketball, and then then watching both you guys and Round Rock. Um, I, I think I want to start there. So we're gonna jump around a little bit on the season, but um, were y'all guys kind of eyeing Round Rock like the whole season, like seeing them, like because y'all were everyone knew y'all were good, 
But in the same breath that they would talk about you guys, they would talk about Round Rock. So, like, mm-hmm. as players, I mean, I'm sure you know all those guys, but were you kind of, like, eyeing them, being like, all right, this is going to happen eventually? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, you know, coming from Austin, we, we see everything around us, like Round Rock, the other district. So we knew they were having a great season, but I feel like for the most part, we kind of kept our blinders on and just focus on the upcoming games rather than what we might face in the playoffs. And, and then Aiden, Ben mentioned it there, and, we, and we've had it come up plenty of times. We had Ed Small and his dad on um, just talking about how familiar you are with all of the Austin area talent because everybody on every team in the area that's good has played with you on this select team or this travel team or on this all-star game. Um, what is that kind of competition like, knowing that you want to put on for your city but still being like, all right, I want to be – I, I want to be the better catcher. Like, I want to be a little bit better. What is, what is that competition like um, with the guys kind of here in the 5-1-2? You know, I think it's just uh, it's a real motivating factor, knowing that, <clears throat> knowing that everyone else is talking about one guy instead of this guy. And, I mean, you see these guys all summer long, see them throughout high school, and it really just makes you want to push yourself to be the best player in the Central Austin. Yeah, and then it's been really cool to watch what Brett Beatty's been doing at the next level, being able to claim him as like an Austin guy. Um, and then you have Travis Decora this year, that who who's someone that you guys went up against, um, and, and Cameron called all his games. Uh, for guys that have been in there against him, is is he really like that? And and what do you think his his ceiling is going to be? And, and do you think he'll be able to represent Austin at at the next 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 level? Yeah, I think I mean I think Travis is a really good pitcher. I've been facing Travis since I was like 14 years old. I mean, I think I've only got like two hits, two hits off him, and I was like 14. He was only 90 at that point. But after God. only 90, okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, is that like the little league 90 where it's like way closer and he's throwing like 30 miles an hour? But they say like it translates to 200 miles an hour. This was, like, this was still, I mean, the 60 feet. But yeah. I mean, yeah, I think 14 is when they change to 60 feet. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Jeez. facing him from for the summer to high school, he's definitely jumped in his velo. And after seeing him uh, a couple weeks ago, it's definitely changed. And he's definitely one of the hardest pitchers I've ever faced. And then Ben, before we get off of him, what do you, what do you think makes him so special? Is it the velocity? Is it because he's like a very physically like intimidating guy as well? I remember when I when like that that tweet like went viral of like the radar gun when he hit like 101 in like a scrimmage or something. I remember telling my girlfriend, and she was like, "Why don't you just bunt?" I'm like, "I don't want to bunt that. You no break your way. hand." Yeah, but uh, what, what do you think it is about him? I think, yeah, I think uh, mainly it is his body. He's he's a huge dude. I think he's six seven, six six, but um, he's pretty t- intimidating on the mound when we were in the box. But he could throw every pitch for a strike, and of course, having that velocity, I think, helped him a lot. Going back to uh, this season, this past season, baseball in this area, the last decade, probably been been Lake Travis right and for you kids growing up like you're seeing Lake Travis win I'm sure that really will piss you guys off but then to come through the win of this season and coach Blair I mentioned it when on his interview but he mentioned to me two weeks back that it felt like your senior class that two years ago he knew this was kind of the group did you know that you know when you guys were freshmen sophomore and and how great did it feel can you put in the words how it felt to knock off Lake Travis finally this year for a district title it was it was pretty incredible. It felt amazing because, of course, we've always wanted to kill them in every sport that we've played them in. But uh, I think it felt really good this year, especially because we were seniors. And um, I was just so excited for this season because I knew the level of talent that we had coming into this year. 
And then Aiden, Aiden Ben um, asked your head coach what his favorite win was on the season. And, and, and I feel like in every interview I've ever heard, he talks about that Rockwall win. Um, but for you, what, what was your, I mean, is it, you talk about the Lake Travis one and what that rivalry means. You talk about that Round Rock one. What was your kind of, um, what do you think was like a signature win for you guys? And what, do you, and what was like your just personal favorite win for you guys? So I think a signature win for us was definitely Lake Travis because we were going to say Rockwall. Well, we've, <laughs> we've split with Lake Travis for as long as I can remember. They've always won the district over us. And after we swept them over spring break early this year, I think it kind of just sent a message to all the teams in our district that we were here this year and uh, we were ready to win. And then, so looking at looking at you guys' season, I mean, just the blemishes on here are like super hard to find. You have the New Braunfels game, but so early in the season, you're still kind of trying to figure out like, who's even going to play, you know? You talk about those, like, 16-inning scrimmages. That was, like, around that around that time. And then and then not not until you get to the playoffs and you drop one to Dripping Springs and then um, just kind of here and there, the Round Rock one and then uh, and then the Pearland one. Um, but when, what, what do you think – what was, like, the highlight of this, of this run? Because I feel like the, the, the playoffs for players are so different when it comes to, like, just being on the bus with your boys, like, staying in a hotel maybe, like – being able to practice more, like were there some fun moments that you guys um, remember from from playing that long after graduation, playing that long after school's not even in session anymore? Yeah, I think I think we definitely made a lot of memories together. I mean, I remember um, going this deep in practice, everyone be taking their shirts off and just having a good time, messing around on the field, and uh, the long bus trips, listening to music on the way back after a win, and everyone just enjoying it. Yeah, I was able to go out to that Round Rock game, and I was I was also at the state semifinal game. And both games, especially Round Rock, game one was packed. I mean, I couldn't find a seat, and I got a media badge. So the like dude, the dudes out in the football stadium, yes, that was the craziest yes, part, man. And so I just wanted to ask y'all throughout this year, what was the greatest atmosphere in y'all's eyes? I'm gonna have to say the Round Rock. Um, Which Round one? Rock the one series. at Round Rock? I think yeah, at Round Rock because. I would look up and, like you said, the people at the football stadium—they're mm-hmm. like fifty, sixty That's feet like up there. That's like college baseball it was stuff. Crazy, like, and even that was packed. There was just only standing room everywhere you looked around the field. There were people on truck beds in the outfield and stuff like that. It was pretty cool. There, but, were, there was one point right in the game where there was people in down the right field line, and the umpires had to stop the game to tell <laughs> yeah. them to get off the field. They were like on the field. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Never seen anything like that. And you guys, you mentioned the football bleachers. There was the football press box. You had people standing on the the press box steps at Dragon Stadium. You mentioned the outfield wall. Yeah, that was without a doubt, I think, one of the best atmospheres that I've been to and I've been able to be a part. I can't imagine what it's like for you guys as a player, especially in a game that was what? It was one to nothing and went all the way down to the final at bat. Uh, speaking of that series, game two, would, which what we could call the Jack Brady game, um. What? What is it like being in that dugout with a guy like that when he's game he's, three? Game three was, was Jack that Brady. game three? Game two mm-hmm. was game the three. Nate Duval game. Sorry, Jack yeah. Brady game three. What is it like being in the dugout with that guy when he's coming in for the final inning and he's going to try and close it out? What? What do you? What is he saying? And what are you saying to him? From him, it was really just positivity. Yeah. He he knew he had it, and I think we all did too. He's a really stand up guy and a stand up teammate, so he was kind of just encouraging everybody. And you know, yeah, we he seemed like an electric along. factor on that stream. He was all over; like his energy <laughs> yeah. was at a ten all game. Um, so, do, do y'all feed off of that? Is that something that y'all feed off of and y'all gravitate towards? Is that one pitcher and one energy? 
Definitely, but I, I'd also have to say we have a couple guys on the field that every single inning running off and on, they're just hustling and bringing energy and encouraging everybody. So it was, it was a really good atmosphere to be in. Mm-hmm. Um, one more question, then we're going to hit a quick break. Um, I want to talk about re- recruiting for both of you guys because I think both of you guys have very different kind of approaches for what you're going to do at, at the next level. Uh, I'll start with you, Ben. Um, I, I feel like people that are on the outside looking in that don't know much about college baseball – um, may see like junior college as like oh like why is he going to a junior college mm-hmm. like if you're if you're the star running back you're not going to play at junior college um, but for you headed to Navarro what was it about taking that junior college route that you thought was the the, the right path for you? Uh, well, recently in just the whole college recruiting world, it's kind of been tough. But um, I don't know. I've always heard that JUCO is a great route for guys, and you grind, you play almost every day. And it's a good atmosphere because everybody wants to make that next step to the next level. So everyone's pushing each other. And I just thought that would be great for me. And then and then for you, Aiden, um, I mean, we, we, we kind of hit on it a little bit when we were talking about Latrell McCutcheon, maybe transferring to try to be a little bit closer to home. Um, you you had the opportunity to play somewhere that um, that is that was pretty far away. And then when you kind of zeroed in on things, maybe it wasn't the right opportunity for you. And now you're ultimately going to go to Texas A&M and have the ability to walk on there. Um, So kind of, again, kind of like Ben, not the traditional path when you think of traditional recruiting, um, but what was it about kind of reevaluating things, trying to stay a little bit closer to home um, that landed uh, uh, on A&M? Well, I would say that, I mean, the coaches there were great and the facilities were awesome. It was a good school. I just didn't think, for me, it was the best fit. Um, I just wanted to be a little bit closer to home. I just... I was born here, raised here. It's just kind of where I wanted to be, and I never really saw myself at that school. I love the coaches. They were great guys, and they treated me with the utmost respect. Um, but in the end, it just wasn't the right fit for me. Yeah, and I think that goes to show, like, especially in a sport like baseball where um, you have so many other options other than, like, Power 5. And, and, like, I feel like in football and basketball, like, if you're not going there, like, you're not going to play. Um, especially a sport like baseball where, like, if you want to play, there's an opportunity for you. Whether that be a, a school like Howard, whether that be the 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 JUCO route, whether that be walking on, um, did you know all along that like regardless of what happened, you wanted to try to play at the next level? Both of you guys. Yes, definitely, hundred percent. All right, we will get into a little bit more of the fun stuff when we come back with Aiden Bennett and Ben Longoria to flex. Flex ATX 749. I'm Zach Lusso at FLX ATX for our social media at Zach Ain't Whack for my social media. Sitting next to KVU Corey, yeah. Nolan Hogan, Cameron Parker in the building, Aiden Bennett, Ben Longoria in the stew pulled up on us, gave us some of their summertime to come chop it up with the boys. Yeah. After hey. Mike Harge's show, he said, uh, I don't want to be on Mike Harge's show. I want to be on Flex with the boys. <laughs> So I want to be. I want to be with people more my age. Can I, I can I just say something real quick? <laughs> that that camp cam that beat you just picked. Oh my! That's one of those like back of the bucks, those freestyle type beats, that's man. The, 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 the beat on the table. Yeah, yeah it beat on the table. The lunch room, bro. The pencil like, on the table yeah, right there. No, off topic. Gucci has the best beats in all of rap music. Oh, sure. okay. Love the take. His lyrics don't always make a lot of sense, but his beats. If you go through all of his stuff, they're they're always hard. 
a random music thing I heard today. So Logic is playing the mm. Moody Center. Uh, yeah, tomorrow. I think it's oh, tomorrow. tomorrow. And um, my my friend found this link that they're like trying to give away tickets because they didn't sell enough. Oh, <sighs> makes sense. Yeah, Logic and, uh, the and baby. Juicy J. I think. The baby are gonna open. Juicy. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I might have to cop a free ticket. Yeah, Facts, see Logic. That's your boy, dude. Your twin, maybe. <laughs> um, all right. Ben Longoria, Aiden Bennett. I like to do like a little rapid fire right here. Okay. I'm going to start with you, Ben. People think the best trash talk high school sport is what? Football. Basketball. But the actual best trash talk sport is? Baseball. Why? Because... Uh, there's a lot of downtime, and, you know, it's not crazy loud the whole time. And the student sections, they're crazier than you think they would get, and they're so close to the field. So everything you, everything someone says, you can hear. And there's really nothing that they don't, like, I don't know. Nothing's off the table. Yeah, unless I, I you're an outfielder, you're not. You, you're getting it. Even even then, dude, like, people would be screaming. <laughs> Especially, like, on the big games where there's people behind the fence, like the dads that mm-hmm. be behind the fence. <laughs> Um, and I think another thing is too is like how long the game is. So like nobody's really cheering as much four hours in. So the dudes are like going going crazy. Um, for you, Aiden, we also you also like you have the dugout. So you have guys who are chirping mm-hmm. nonstop. The, the dugout to dugout is the worst. Mm. I think it's the best. Part. The dudes that the don't play, the, d- the dudes that don't play are like <laughs> specialists. <laughs> they got a lot of time, to dude. Stuff. It is. I remember. What, I remember. We, we we would get warned like every game not to use full names because we would call we would call people by their government names screaming. <laughs> we'd be like we'd we'd have someone that wouldn't play another team. We'd be like, put in Corey Mose, put hey, in hey, Corey hey, Mose. Hey, 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 we're not just gonna <laughs> throw names out there. All right, let's go. All right, for you, Aiden Bennett. I know you're a big Mike Harge guy. Um, what's a a radio allowed quick Mike Harge story? Because I know you you're like. I mean, he's like he said he was like there when you were born. Um, I mean, he told us about your family, like your sister that plays, um, your 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 dad, your grandpa that played. Um, if, if you don't have a story, what is it like being around Mike Hard as much as you've been? I think Hard was doing actually the color commentary for his birth, from what I understand. <laughs> <laughs> Did you listen to the tape? Is that how <laughs> yeah, you practice? I go back and listen to tape, yeah. I mean, Mike's a great guy. He's he's always been there for me, one of my biggest supporters. He's, all, he's like my hype man, kind of. He texts me before every game, hype me up, telling me to go get it. Um, but I do remember this one time he gets real into Texas sports. Yeah. So we were at mm-hmm. Cover Three, me, my dad, and Mike, and we were watching a Texas well, he game. He loves Cover Three. He, that's his favorite. That's we're his in place. the Cover Three hat today. <laughs> that's his place. Um, we were at Cover Three watching a Texas game, and Texas did something bad, and Mike lost it. And the whole restaurant <laughs> in, public? in public, the whole restaurant just turns and looks at him, and he's just going off at the TV, and that <laughs> stuck with me. I play. I played for Mike Hart. He was a coach for one of my select teams, and I have a story that I haven't told on the radio yet. I'm gonna wait till they have me on, and I'm gonna tell them because it's, it's a, it's, it's a pretty good one. Um, ben, if you didn't play baseball, what sport would you play, and how good would you be? I think football. Mm-hmm. I think what I've, position? Wide receiver. Okay. How good do you think you would have been? Not that good because <laughs> I'm not that fast. But like I feel a rotation like, guy. You're not that yeah. Heath McCree fast. No, no, no. Maybe, maybe like or DB. I feel like I'm pretty shifty. Yeah, we made him change positions. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I think DB. I'm pretty shifty, so I could, I could do it. All right, Aiden. Um, so we're maybe gonna get the NCAA football game coming back. Um, one of the most slept on video games ever was NCAA baseball game back on like the first gen Xbox and stuff. If your character, 
you're on the team at A&M as a freshman. You you go crazy and walk on tryouts and you get a starting job. What's your overall rating? What position? And uh, what's your like good stat? Like your one good stat? I would say I'd probably be third base. Third base would be my position. I think my overall as a freshman would probably be like uh, 84, 85. I think nice. my best stat would definitely be fielding. Fielding's like, that's my thing. So. A little, a little like Evan Longoria action exactly. over there. Um, what's, what's Aiden's best baseball trait really quick? Defense. That's You just basically repeated what he said. No, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, like, yeah, I, I got to agree with him, though. All right, Aiden, what's Ben's best, uh, best trait? I'd say his leadership. He's always that guy hyping everybody up, running on and off the field screaming. So I think his leadership for sure. Who's the number one trash talker on the team? Ben Thompson. Ben Thompson. Ben yeah. Thompson. Easy. Y'all didn't even think about that. Nope. Oh my God. To. He was he was something else. He lets it fly. <laughs> He's the one coming he lets it fly. He's the one doing the research. He's getting warnings every game. Besides yourself, uh, you two, who of the senior class is gonna you think gonna have the best uh, baseball career? Like after high school, right? Yeah. I'd have to go Nathan Duvall. Yeah, Nathan Duvall. And y'all just been just copying Aiden's answer again. Actually, that was the other I way said around. That was the, oh, <laughs> all right. Well, guys, thank you again so much for pulling up on us. That was really fun watching you or hearing you guys like ask your coach a question. That was that was pretty cool. Um, Aiden Bennett, uh, your quick shout outs. Uh, shout out my dad and shout out Mike. Shout out Mike. Shout out Coach Harge. Uh, ben Longoria, your quick shout outs. Uh, Westlake student section and <laughs> Ryan Robinette. Uh, KVU Corey, Corey Mose, quick shout outs. Yeah, uh, Tyler Feldman from KVU. His birthday was this past weekend. Big 30. Hopefully he listens to the show. Uh, Cameron Parker, your quick shout outs. Coach Blair for coming on. Love you, Coach. Nolan Hogan. Uh, shout out my family. Shout out my dad. Shout out Logic. Hope you sell out, dog. Shout out to my girlfriend because she's listening. Shout out Austin Radio Network for the opportunity. And finally, shout out all my G's. Shout out God. Shout out gang.